This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm your host, Ben Krakowski, and I am back from a week away from my house celebrating Christmas with each of my families, which was awesome. And now that I'm back, we can talk about the Packers. And after literally everything going the Packers way this weekend, the Packers did their job with just an awesome game on Sunday that the Packers won incredibly against one of the scariest teams in the NFL in the Miami Dolphins. And the Packers won, but not without a little luck, that's for sure. First of all, offensively offensively in this game, after a 94-yard kickoff return, which makes Keyshawn Nixon literally the best kickoff return the returner in the NFL, he's awesome. He's like, if he could keep this up over the course of another year and a half, he'd be at Devin Hester level. He's that good. And the Packers started this game with the ball at the Dolphins' nine-yard line in large part thanks to a huge mental mistake from Rodgers not getting the ball out, taking a huge stack when he had Cobb for the touchdown. The Packers were not able to get a touchdown even though they started at the Dolphins' nine-yard line. And there were three times in this game the Packers were in the red zone and unable to get a touchdown, and that's not okay. The Packers... If they are going to beat quality teams like the Dolphins, they have to be able to get seven points on the board consistently when we get into the red zone. This offense in years past has been one of the better red zone offenses in the NFL. This year, not so much. We've scored touchdowns just 51% of the time when entering the red zone, which is near the back of the league. Last year was 58%, which is more average. And then in 2020, the Packers had the number one scoring offense in the NFL in opponent's red zone, scoring a touchdown 77% of the time, which is insane. That season, the Packers had just incredible use of play action with their tight ends. Guys like Aaron Jones were just amazing at getting open as receivers. Uh, they they matched up those running backs against linebackers, safeties, those types of players, tight ends, taking advantage of the middle of the field. It was just incredible work. And the Packers, if they want to win consistently against top-level teams, they got to be better in the red zone, okay? There are other critical mistakes from the Packers, though, in this game. Jair has to make that tackle on Jalen Waddle, which would have stopped that one-play 84-yard touchdown drive by the Dolphins after their field goal drive to start the game. Our defense just couldn't get off the field pretty much the entire game, honestly, unless the Packers forced a turnover, which is not sustainable. There would be first and 20 situations or second and 20 situations or third and nines. Or, and our defense just couldn't force the Dolphins to punt the football. The Dolphins averaged 8.4 yards per play in this game, which is, that's a lot. That's insane. And we couldn't do anything to really hold them back. And without the four turnovers, the Packers would have lost this game. Also, offensively, Rodgers misses a few huge throws in this game. Alan Lazard for a first down. Watson for a touchdown. Lazard then has a huge drop later on. Watson falls over on a third down. So both Rodgers and these two critical receivers are making a few key mistakes. We had a fake punt on our own 20 that goes nowhere. What kind of call was that? That could have been that could have really been the end of this game. Had the Packers or had the Dolphins got a touchdown on this drive and brought the game to 24 to 10. 
before the half even. And then the injuries just really began to pile up in this game for the Packers. They were already without one starting tackle in Bakhtiari by halftime. And then Yash Nijman went out of this game, meaning it was two backup offensive linemen. Zach Tom's good, but to have both your left tackle and your right tackle be backups, that's an issue, especially when you got Royce Newman coming in the, into the game, which he was just not useful at all as a run blocker. And so our honestly, our rushing offense was no, just not there at all. Okay. And the Packers also lost Keyshawn Nixon, Rudy Ford, Christian Watson, Aaron Jones pretty much didn't play with an ankle injury. There were a lot of in, little injuries, which really made it tough specifically for our offense to find success. Christian Watson, obviously a huge part of creating openings in our offense. The both starting tackles out and Aaron Jones, our running game became ineffective. Pass blocking was eh at best, not to mention all that was never spoken of. And to me, it looked like uh, in the first half, Aaron Rodgers took a snap. He seemed to stumble. And to me, it looked like Rodgers hurt his knee or tweaked his knee on that play. He began throwing very differently, almost like on one leg, which led to some poor throws on that drive specifically. Nobody was talking about this. Nobody is talking about this. But gosh, it looks like he really tweaked his knee at that point in this in this game. Something to watch for. It probably never will be talked about. But if the season ends and he mentions anything about it, I'd be curious um, because it looked like he hurt his knee on that play. Also, though, there were quite a few missed calls in this game uh, against the Packers, especially a few pass interference calls that would have been huge plays for the Packers, like the interception that Rodgers threw to Al Nazard in the end zone should have resulted in the Packers getting the ball at the one-yard line, but instead led to a big turnover for the Packers because of the interception, which is a crazy change of plays just because someone doesn't make a call uh romeo dobbs down the left sideline near the end of the game held got his arm entirely held he had to try to bring the ball in one-handed and while that might it's just i know it's weak but he couldn't use his right arm and it's really tough to catch the ball with one hand uh and so but even with all that the packers did win this game Thankfully, because of the turnovers, like I said, the Packers had three interceptions in a row to finish this game. And the one part about our defense is that with the amount of zone coverage we were playing, Tua had to hit the holes in the zone perfectly to complete his passage, which which he did in the first half. But in the second half, the Packers continued playing zone, but really switched it up a ton, made it unpredictable. And that lack of pre- predictability led to Tua making some critical mistakes on his last two interceptions to Devondre and Rasul, uh, just n- not understanding the zone thinking he having confidence that the uh the Packers are playing this type of coverage but they just weren't and so great plays by Rasul and Devondre the last two interceptions and then uh and then Tua just has to be perfect he was perfect most of the game but then he had that errant throw that uh just threw it too high and that led to the interception to Jair to start off his run of interceptions And even though the first half, the Dolphins were explosive running the football in the second half, the Packers did a great job stopping the run. And over the course of the game, the Dolphins actually only averaged 4.6 yards per carry. It was the lack of consistent success running the football that led to the Dolphins going away from that running game in the second half, which would have drained a lot of clock and would have probably not given the Packers the time to come back in this game. And the big part of that was Jerron Reed really stepped up in this game. Preston Smith really stepped up on our defense as well. And then offensively, it was just big plays, really, that kept us alive. Patrick Taylor, huge first down. Um, Mercedes Lewis with touchdown and huge with the touchdown in the huge wheel route for another big first down. El Nazard blocking three guys on one play that led to a, another critical first down near the end of the game. The thing that scared me the most 
was near the end of the game. The Packers were very aggressive the whole game. They went for it on fourth down five times, picked up three of those, which was huge. At the end, though, it was fourth and three. If the Packers got the first down, they would have won the game, sealed the deal. But they kicked the field goal and give the Dolphins the ball back with plenty of time to score a touchdown and win it. That was really a questionable call to me. It could have ended our season. The Packers really, with everything that happened, escaped just barely with a win this week. And that's, I guess, all that really matters. Uh, This was one of the scariest games I've watched being a Packers fan in a long time, though. And it was fun to celebrate that on Christmas. With that win, the Packers now have a 27% chance of making the playoffs, mostly because every single team we wanted to lose this weekend lost. Everything went perfectly. The Lions, Commanders, Giants, Eagles, Seahawks all lost this week, which gives the Packers a really good chance of making the playoffs because the Packers, if they win out, will have all the tiebreakers over the Lions, the Seahawks, meaning they are kind of out of contention for with Green Bay for a playoff spot, assuming the Packers win out. And if we win against the Lions, the Vikings this week, our odds go all the way up to 50%. If we win against the Lions, all the way up to 87%. There's two things, though, that need to happen. The only teams that have, have an edge on the Packers to make the playoffs are the Giants and the Commanders for the last two spots. So there's really three teams, two spots. So we do need some help from these two teams. Either we need the Commanders to lose one more game or the Giants to lose two more games. Uh, and there's only two games left. The Giants play the Colts and the Eagles. The Commanders play the Browns and the Cowboys. Now, if the Browns just beat the Commanders this week, awesome. That's perfect. It is possible. The Commanders will be starting Carson Wentz this week. And Carson Wentz has not started for about eight weeks. And having a QB come off the bench this late in the season is not always the greatest move. And since he hasn't been playing, he won't have the reps as of lately to really be on his A game. Plus, the Browns defense has had a few good weeks in a row now. Plus, every week this offense with Deshaun Watson is hopefully getting a little bit better. Um, The problem with this schedule, though, is that if the Giants were to lose this week and the Commanders were to win, and we needed either the Giants or the Commanders to lose in Week 18, there's a chance that's really unlikely, and here's why. The Eagles right now are the number one seed in the NFC. If they win this week against the Saints, they've secured the number one seed and don't need to try to win in Week 18, giving the Giants an easy win to finish out the year. If the Eagles secure that number one seed, that means the Cowboys may as well not try in Week 18 either. No matter if they win or lose, they will be the number five seed, and they're playing the Commanders in Week 18. So, That means the Commanders and Giants could have very easy games in Week 18 to win. And so really, um, that puts a lot of pressure on one game this week, and that game is the Eagles-Saints game. It could, if the Eagles win, that could guarantee almost a win for both the Giants and Commanders in Week 18. So we really, it would be awesome if the Eagles lost this game this week to give the Cowboys and the Eagles a reason to play hard in week 18. And there's a chance the Eagles could lose this week against the Saints. Starting right tackle Lane Johnson is out to the playoffs. Jalen Hurts is dealing with a shoulder injury. He may not play. The new injuries in their secondary as well, um, which are very, very impactful. So if the Eagles lose to the Saints this week and the Cowboys win, that means the Eagles have to win in week 18 to win the division. The Cowboys will try their hardest to win as well because the division is on the line, which would give the Cowboys home field advantage instead of having to play on the road in the playoffs. So really, this week, there are three huge games we will be watching. Giants and Colts, the Commanders and Browns, obviously. If the Commanders just lose, that's that's it. The Packers could be in. And then the Eagles and Saints are, as all three games, that have huge playoff implications for the Packers. There are a few best-case scenarios for the Packers. You can't get... Um, 
uh, picky at this point when you're just trying to make the playoffs. But if the Giants and Commanders lose out, the Packers could be the sixth seed and we could end up playing the Vikings in the first round. Another best case scenario is we get the seventh seed and the Commanders and Eagles lose out. Then we could play the Cowboys in the first round. Both of those options would be ideal to me. There also are scenarios that would result in us having to play the 49ers in the first round, which is probably my least favorite matchup. But at the same time, we would be playing the 49ers with a backup QB. So really just making the playoffs would be awesome at this point. The only way that happens though is if we can get healthy, though, to beat the Vikings this week and the Lions next week. Thankfully, both of those games are at home. That it will be huge for the Packers to recover, um, not have to travel, give them uh, some sort of slight edge, hopefully. Um, the, we will be playing the Vikings, though. On Again, I know it's frustrating, again, with the rest disadvantage this week. But if we can get all these guys back, Bakhtiari back at left tackle where he's supposed to be, you don't need Zach Tom and Josh Nijman. That would be amazing. But if you can get one of those guys to come back and start a right tackle instead of Royce Newman, that would be huge for this game. Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, fully healthy with his ankle issue. And then defensively, Rudy Ford, Keyshawn Nixon, especially Nixon with how impactful he is as a returner, giving us great field position would be uh, key uh, for the Packers as well. And then just to kind of finish out this podcast, there's some fun news that happened this week as well. One of my favorite late round receivers, Bo Melton, the Packers just signed off the Seahawks practice squad. Super fast guy, four through four, 40 yard dash. Um, very exciting. I'm, I'm curious if with the injury to Keyshawn Nixon is why they signed him. They want him to be our kick returner um, and keep Dobbs out of that position um, to finish the year. If Keyshawn Nixon needs another week to get healthy. Um, I love his speed. The, he could be a jet sweep guy in our offense, even if he's just that. He could be a vertical threat. If Christian Watson is not ready to go on a few uh, key packages as well. Um, so I really like Bo Melton added to our offense. The Packers also signed Elkin Jenkins to a four-year extension, which will count just $6.8 million against the cap next year. It is a big deal. It's a four-year extension, you know, up there with the rest of the big deals in the NFL. But the Packers... Um, I don't know, um, but they must assume if I was looking at Elkin Jenkins play this season, I would say Elkin Jenkins is not worthy of getting this deal that he, the Packers gave him. But the Packers must have seen enough this year thinking that, hey, next year he's going to be back to his elite self. He can go come out and play, maybe even start at offensive tackle for the Packers, or at least he has the versatility to do so. And he can be playing at an elite level again. And usually it takes a full season and a half to get back to your normal self. So it's usually like, hey, ACL injury comes back and plays the next year. He's kind of he, he's healthy enough to play, but he's not at his elite self. And then the following year is when you get that full recovery. And so that's what the Packers must be hoping for. And I hope so as well, because if not, this will look like a very bad contract next year if Elkin Jenkins is not playing like himself. Then other news is Dean Lowry will be out the rest of the season. He got injured on Sunday. So for all the people who wanted to see more from first rounder, Devontae Wyatt will be able to from now on. I do not think Devontae Wyatt is a very good player, but others think differently. And so we will see. I don't think he was the right pick whatsoever. And we will see if um, I'm wrong about that. I, I hope he comes in. I hope he plays really well. And maybe even he just plays better than Dean Lowry has played, which is not very good. So the, the, the level that he needs to play is not very high, but um, he could have a bigger 
impact than Dean Lowry has been having. So that's something to watch as well. And then former Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who Aaron Rodgers loved, great culture guy, has been fired by the Denver Broncos. He was their head coach this year in their tumultuous season. Hackett could come back to Green Bay if he wants to help as an offensive consultant the rest of the year. The Packers did this with a Lions defensive back coach. Um, hopefully the Packers at least bring him back as QB's coach, passing game coordinator, something in 2023 because Rodgers loves him. And I think those two could work very well together and keep things fun for Rodgers as he finishes out his career. Something to keep an eye on as we do end the season because Nathaniel Hackett could, he doesn't have to go and work. He's going to get paid a ton of money because head coach contracts are fully guaranteed. But that is a, I think he is a really good offensive coordinator, really good, just a, fun guy to have on your coaching staff. Uh, he connected with everybody in Green Bay. He was an important part of our culture. And so I'd love to have him back. So hopefully the Packers can make something happen there. But yeah, this week really, it's just about watching the injury reports, seeing who's getting healthy and who's going to be ready to play on Sunday against the Vikings. Because really all those, we got, we need a couple things to work for us, but the big thing is we need to beat the Vikings on Sunday, beat the Lions next week. Luckily, both those games are at home, and we will preview that game later this week. But this, that is all we have today, folks. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast, and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the Green and Gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Thanks, guys.